Boom, there it is, ladies and gents. I don't know, man. You got to go earn some money, then you got to put it to work. There are a lot of professionals out there that struggle with that last piece. How do you put your money to work for you? That's your problem. And this episode's for you. Let's find out how they do this on today's episode. Here we go. Shut up and sit down. Look, a business can give you everything you want in life. Prestige, wealth, freedom. It can also take everything away from you. This show is for those who are willing to take that risk. These are the real life stories of entrepreneurs. But before we start, I have one small favor to ask. Please leave a comment. It can be advice, critiques, tips, feedback, or share this with someone because your engagement is the most valuable and most powerful form of social currency. So thank you, and welcome to another episode of Business Plus. All right, ladies and gents, let me tell you something. Robert Kiyosaki taught me that the rich build businesses and invest in real estate, and that retirement isn't an age problem, it's a cash flow problem. And it doesn't matter where you earn your money, it's what you do with that money that matters. And it's how quickly you could put that money to work for you. Today's guest has lived a life of helping others in the healthcare profession and has started a company to help other healthcare professionals reach their financial freedom. Now, I'm excited to learn how they're helping them meet those financial goals. So let's welcome to the show from At The Properties, Basu Karalapuri. It's over. All right, almost ended the show at the very beginning. Don't want to do that. Wrong, wrong button there. Vasa, thank you uh, very much for coming to the show. Welcome to the Business Bros. Yeah, thanks for having me, man. All right, let's jump into this, man. Uh, healthcare professionals. Um, I, I, I have, uh, what is it, three doctors in the family, a couple of nurses, uh, pretty high income earners. But when I got into the uh, tax business, I realized real quick that sometimes high income earners are just as broke as lower income earners because they have a lot of other debts that they're paying off now that they've uh, finished medical school and things like that. Um, what's been your experience when it when it comes to personal finance and how'd you get here? How'd you get into this space? Yeah, absolutely. I think it's one of those things where you know an extra zero uh, behind your paycheck doesn't necessarily guarantee you financial freedom and. Uh, you know, a healthcare professional. So I'm, I'm a ear, nose and throat surgeon. And I spent many, many, many years going to school and very, very little in terms of formal economics and finance education early on. And as a result, you know, it's like uh, you got you've got all this extra disposable income, potential disposable income, but you have no idea on how to take care of that income. And so um, you've, you've got income, but you don't have the resources to be able to invest that appropriately. And everyone's after you to try to take some of your money and figure out uh, how, how you can gain freedom. But, you know, it really starts with education. Yeah. And, and I, I love that you said that because the, the truth of the matter is, as a healthcare professional, you are highly educated. It's not that you have a lack of education. It's just that there are other areas that you need to learn as well. I mean, I, I, I'm, when I think of my doctor, neurosurgeon, whoever, I expect them to be really good at that space, right? In that medium, wherever they are in their profession, whatever their, their specialty is in their practice, I need you to be an expert. But outside of that, how, does, how did you find out that there were other people in this healthcare profession that were struggling financially, even though they were maybe excellent at their, at their craft? 
yeah, I looked around and just kind of saw there were unhappy doctors and unhappy surgeons and happy surgeons. And, um, you know, we all went into medicine because we love what we do in terms of taking care of patients and the, the science and the detail, or, uh, you know, the, the, the preciseness and meticulousness that's required, required for surgery. Um, but I kind of looked around when I first started practice and saw the people that were happy were the ones who were working for fun and they weren't working for a paycheck. And the ones who were unhappy were, man, they're like, I got to do this many surgeries. I got to do this and see this many patients to make this kind of money so I can keep up with the Joneses and pay for my Mercedes lease and pay my, you know, uh, you know, house mortgage and et cetera, et cetera. And so I, I made it a mission to try to make sure that I wasn't one of those people that was unhappy and to, to get freedom from other sources so that I could uh, practice medicine for the fun of it, not because I needed it to, to support my family. Because it's what you love to do. So I teach a class called Financial Algebra. 17-year-old students, and they're, they haven't been the greatest students throughout high school, which is why they end up in my class. Uh -huh. But at that point, at the very beginning of the school year, we play a game called Cash Flow. And it's, it's by Robert Kiyosaki. And it, and it explains how people get trapped in the rat race. And yeah. it, it's just they get up, they pay bills, they go to work, they pay bills, they get up, go to work, and pay bills over and over and over again. And the cool thing about that game is it allows you to pick different professions to play the game and find ways to get out. And a lot of times people go straight for, I'm going to be the airline pilot. I'm going to be the doctor. Look at how much money they make. They don't always uh, know right up front the expenses that are associated with that particular lifestyle that go in that goes into that play. Um, when they're But when they're playing, the cool thing is they're able to finally kind of figure it out to get an idea of how to manage their cash flow to make uh, educated investments into different things. So when you started getting into the space, kind of realizing, hey, I need to find a way out to make my practice the fun thing and not the thing that I'm, I'm dedicated to, how did you choose which avenue to take money to? What vehicle did you end up choosing? Yeah, and I really chose real estate early on because, you know, if you look back, I'm a student of history. And if you look back and think about like, you know, where have generations of professionals found passive income uh, in the least riskiest fashion in real estate time and time again, the government incentivizes real estate. So, um, you know, you mentioned uh, uh, cash flow. I, I love the game. We, I play with my kids. I got a 13 year old and we've got a 13 year old and 10 year old. We play cash flow for kids, Kiyosaki's game. And, you know, the whole object of that game is to have um, passive income exceed your monthly expenses. And when that happens, you win, you win the game. And so that's very akin to the, you know, the game of life, right? So, and if you look back and think about, okay, well, what's the least riskiest way for you to get there? Because most surgeons um, are very risk averse. I mean, you've got to be risk averse in doing the kind of stuff that we do. And so I said, okay, well, you know, I could, you know, you could put allocate some of your money to high, really, really high risk ventures, but that's not the way that I was going to try to get financial freedom. And so uh, real estate has been proven for centuries uh, it's, you know, as they say, they're not making any more land, right? So, uh, you know, investing was tried and true and the government, you know, incentivizes it through various tax benefits. So you just follow the, uh, the, the, the tax code as, uh, Tom Wheelwright says in his multiple books that he's written, you know, the IRS rules are meant to kind of figure out how you can play that game. And so the more you learn about those rules, that's how you play the game. It's exactly right. It, it, and I, I love how you mentioned the rules because when I teach my kids, I'm like, look, 
And the way I explain it to him is, is, is the Monopoly model, right? If you played Monopoly, the very first time you ever played, you were horrible at it. You didn't know anything. You probably didn't win at all. It was, it, it was not a great experience. But the second time you played, the second time you played, you had a chance of winning. And the only difference between the first time and the second time is you learned the rules to the game. Once yeah. you knew the rules, you had a chance of winning. So you decided to get into the real estate space. You're teaching other investors, other, I should say, other employees to become investors. What are some of those rules that you learned early on that you're passing on to, to your, your new cohort? Yeah, I mean, I think the first thing is you, you've got to have money, right? So, I mean, we're blessed as physicians and surgeons to have a relatively high income. And so, you know, you've got to be able to set aside 10, 20, 30% of your income and be able to have cash flow to invest. So then the question is, once you've d- figured out that you can live off of 30% less than your than your paycheck, <clears throat> then you got to figure out where you're going to place it. So you look at all the various options, you know, you can invest in stocks, you can invest in bonds, you can invest in um, the latest uh, mutual fund or, you know, whatever your neighbor tells you some hot stock pick. And those are all fine and well, and maybe you might do well, but it's a lot of it's going to be luck of the draw. And so if you study history and you study the science, because, you know, most of our uh, most of our investors are scientists, right? They're, they're physician scientists. And so you look at the data, the data really clearly points that if you take a long term perspective and you want cash flow, long term equity growth and in the least riskiest fashion, uh, real estate's the way to go. And, and um, so that's really kind of what I dove deep into 17 years ago and figured out, okay, how am I going to get uh, passive income that's going to exceed my monthly expenses as quickly as possible? And what's the safest path to do that? Real estate. So let's talk about APTA properties. So you did it for yourself. You start investing in this long-term game because that's really what real estate is. It's a long-term play. Um, and you have some success at it. <clears throat> at what point do you decide this is something I need to show other people. And what does that end up looking like? Well, I never really went into this to try to start a business. I was trying to just basically trying to find passive income for myself and my family and, and be able to work and practice medicine and surgery for the fun of it. Um, along the way, obviously, you know, we were telling our friends and family and our my partners, and my, I'm in a big group of 14 doctors. So, you know, naturally in conversations and cocktail car parties and social situations, we'll start talking about what we're doing. And, and so as a result, a lot of people were like, Oh, well, you know, can you tell me a bit more about it? And so um, we kind of, we helped, uh, we built some medical offices, et cetera, for our, our partners and a surgical hospital and got various real estate investments with some close friends and family. And so, you know, they had, they were like, man, this is awesome. You know, but I don't really want to kind of spend all those blood, sweat and tears that you went in through. I'm not as passionate about it as you are but hey we would like to join you in some deals and so you know i studied entrepreneurship after medical school after uh, practice really and you know that's that's how stuff you find a need and people are asking you for for help with this and it's like well you know what if we can really serve the larger pool of of physicians and surgeons out there uh through these opportunities because there's a lot of negativity right now um in medicine people are concerned about all the insurance regulations and malpractice and costs going up and, and, you know, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So I wanted to kind of bring some positive light and some energy like you guys do in your podcast is it's all about energy. It's all about positivity and, and right mindset. And, uh, you know, passive income is really the, the way that you can make 
some of these negative secular trends in medicine less problematic for you uh, as a doctor. And, and again, a surgeon physician is just really an avatar for anybody who has to have a significant amount of time commitment in their day job. And they don't have the time, energy, or desire to kind of look into uh, where to properly invest their money. But real estate is a great one. I mean, we're literally experiencing some huge appreciation across the country just this last, uh, I don't know, I want to say the last 10 years or so, even longer. I mean, we've we've had great progress and not just in appreciation, but in rental income. So if you had owned property since the last like 10, 12 years, you're sitting pretty right now with whether it's cash flow or whether it's appreciation, you're looking at your investments going, yeah, that was a good hedge right there. I made, I placed an excellent bet. When people come to you uh, to work with you at uh, Apta Properties, is it a, a syndicate? Is it something where you work one-on-one -on -one with them and help them build their portfolio? How does that work? Yeah, exactly. And I think you hit the hammer on the nail there, uh, the head on the hammer. I always get those quotes wrong, but essentially, you know, the market's been great the last 10 years. So if you if you haven't made money in real estate, you've done something wrong, right? Mm. But, you know, I'm, I've been doing this long enough to know that I've survived the, you know, seven and 2007 and nine financial crisis and, and uh, crap can happen, right? Yep. The, everything that you think of can't happen, can happen. The economy can slow down. The banks can call your notes. And so it really takes a lot of discipline to to insulate yourself from, from the bad times because, you know, when the tide recedes, you get to see who's naked, right? So you've heard that quote before. So, you know, right now everyone's making money in real estate, but the question is, you know, are you insulated and protected from a downturn and what are you doing to protect yourself? What's what, how are you protecting your downside risk? And so uh, when people come network with us, we really trying to get a network of, of people together that they can come to for, you know, uh, solid, stable advice with experience and a team behind us that has done, you know, north of $800 million worth of transactions with 100% profitability. And that doesn't happen by accident. You know, that happens by, you know, having, having taken some punches and uh, figure out how to, how to come back up from those punches. And right now, my, my worry is that there's a lot of people in real estate right now that have experienced these last 10 years of this massive bull market and think that they're a genius. And yeah, they may be a genius, but the market, the market has certainly helped them. And so what are they doing to prepare for the downturn and how are they protecting themselves? So we try to provide our um, investors an opportunity where we can enjoy the upside if the market continues to go up, but we've also limited their downside risk and we can still make money in a down market. Um, so it's all about, you know, risk mitigation. Even geniuses can get slapped in the face every once in a while. I mean, uh, look at Iron Man. He got a planet thrown at him so or a moon thrown at him. So anything can happen. You never know. The world can shut down with a pandemic. Anything can happen. You right. know, whatever you think is, is impossible is only impossible until it becomes possible. And all right. of a sudden you're trapped, right? Uh, let's talk about the, the whole idea of becoming an investor with a group like yours. Um, because I know that when people look into investing in certain groups, there's different ways that you can do it. You can do it with a syndication. You can do it with the real estate investment trust. <clears throat> you can do it individually with a partnership, a number of different ways to join your group. Is there any limitation? Do I have to be an accredited investor or anything like that to be able to, to invest with you guys? Yeah, you have to be an accredited investor. Um, we have a fund product that gives you diversification um, across multiple assets. Uh, one of the key things that I should mention is that, you know, we 
uh, I, we're, we're the largest investors in the fund. So basically you get to ride along. Uh, our value proposition is you get to ride along with people who have their own capital um, and they've got plenty of skin in the game by guaranteeing the notes and uh, um, rep- reputation, which is, the, which is my strongest asset. And so traditionally, you know, all of our investors have been people that I've known uh, for a long period of time. My friends, my family, my, uh, my parents, my parents, friends, my colleagues from uh, my practice and medical school and college, et cetera. Um, but now we're really uh, working on growing that network and providing that value and that uh, hopefully that opportunity to, you know, other peers across all across the country and the world. When when they invest with you, um, is there specific locations that you're looking at? Maybe types of properties that you're focusing your attention on? Yeah, absolutely. So we're focusing on the least riskiest asset class within real estate, which happens to be um, apartment complexes. So multifamily, um, because again, multifamily is really focused on demographic trends. So we know where people are moving um, and we know their preference for the type of housing that they're looking for independent of economic trends. So, you know, Elon Musk is not likely to usurp the need for a, you know, a kitchen and a bathroom and a bedroom. Right. And so we we're really students of data and science. And we kind of look to see where are people within the country moving and where's the economy diversified enough that it can withstand uh, a lot of shocks. And so, you know, areas where people are moving within the country, uh, landlord friendly states, uh, business friendly states and uh, areas that are economically diversified. So, um, so we're really looking at both the asset class, which is the least riskiest, and we're also studying demographic trends that provide the least amount of risk. So when you put all those two things together, um, you know, it really helps create good, consistent, stable, tax-advantaged, you know, passive income plus long-term equity growth. Which is always the best long-term equity growth. That's yeah. where the, the generational wealth ends up transferring over, right? This is what we're talking about. Maintaining and holding real estate is how you pass it on to that next generation. Um, it, it, we've been talking a lot about how it's a long-term play. Uh, so might be a, a null question here. But when investors are looking to invest, they often look at a couple different things. How fast am I going to get my cash on cash return? Am I going to get a what's my return on investment? What is that type of scenario when an investor comes in um, and maybe they're looking for, hey, can I get my money back in a year, two years, five years, 10 years? What's the expectation when they come in and work with you as far as, you know, I, I mean, it's it's difficult to ever, ever promise an ROI or anything like that. But in general, like, you know, how long can I expect to put money in? What's my return going to look like uh, as far as time's concerned? Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, you know, real estate's an illiquid asset, right? So we're not looking to give people their money back right away. This is a long-term play. So people should keep that in mind. If they need the cash um, in 12 months or 24 months, they probably should, we're not a good candidate for them. And so they should probably look elsewhere. But what we, what we can provide is for that, uh, long-term play, <clears throat> the best, uh, long-term returns. Um, but I should add there's cash flow along the way as well. So unlike a lot of other investments where there's, you know, you're just waiting five, 10, 15 years to get a return on your money. We, we start our distributions within, you know, the first quarter after investment. So there's a cash flow play uh, from because we're actually you're actually acquiring a uh, fractional ownership in a, in a live operating business that's doing well. Our goal is to go in there, 
uh, ride the, the, the tailwinds from the demographics of that particular area and that submarket, and then introduce our operational experience to optimize it um, and then generate cash flow along the way, tax advantages, and then long-term equity growth with returns in, in the uh, double-digit range with less risk than, the, than any uh, index stock market, so uh, plus tax advantages. Right now, uh, I was literally having this conversation yesterday, and we were talking about single-family homes versus apartment buildings, right? Multi-doors. And we were talking about how, especially in San Diego, the single-family residents that are being built, their average, their median price is like $800,000, $900,000. And I was explaining the reason why developers are doing that is because that's where the profit margins are at if they're going to be building single-family units. But what I do see in our neighborhoods a lot are multi-units multi going up, 24 units, 50 units, 100 units. And, and those are taking up a lot of space. And I'm wondering... When an investor comes in and, and is looking at a proposal or, or an investment that you guys are working on, are you guys looking at like newly developed and building apartment complexes or do you prefer the bread and butter to be something that's already existing, come in and maybe, you know, increase uh, cash flow in a particular existing building? Yeah, <clears throat> more so the latter, because again, whereas we talked about where, you know, when you look at an investment portfolio, there's some money that you put into a really safe, solid stable return and some that you're you know swinging for the fences so using a baseball analogy we're really uh you know we're contact hitters right we're we're hitting singles and doubles uh, but we're consistently hitting singles and doubles we're not swinging for the fences so as such we're we're looking for in place um performing assets that we can um optimize you know through some property management issues or um, you know, where they're not optimizing the rents or not keeping up with some of the facilities and, and maintaining a real, you know, high curb appeal. Um, so we're looking at multifamily apartments, larger scale apartments where there's significant economies of scale, and then introducing our business model, which has been tried and true and proven over, over decades of experience to, to take um, that existing business and make it even better. So if I wanted to learn more about what you're doing, let's say I wanted to be part of a syndicate, I want to get involved, but I don't want to be as hands-off. I actually want to learn the business maybe because I want to get into it myself a little a little further down the road. Is that an option or is it purely passive invest and, and step back? Yeah, I mean, I, I love interacting. I love talking to people who want to get involved in real estate. I love talking about it. I love ENT surgery and I love real estate. Those are my two big passions. And so um, yeah, we, I mean, we, we primarily provide passive opportunities, but I'm always up for networking with people who want to learn more because believe me, there were a lot of people who helped me along the way, a lot of real estate folks who helped me and, 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 and I'm all about paying that forward, uh, to helping, um, people who want to do the same thing. Yeah. I mean, that's really what it comes down to education, right? Once, once that little entrepreneurial bug bites you, it's kind of hard to get it to go away. That's it. You're, you're, you're infected for life. You're going to yeah. be looking at those different things. All right. So I got something scrolling across the bottom at the slash webinar. What do we find if we go there? Well, that's a recent webinar that I recorded to kind of give people an overview of, you know, what we do, why we do it. Um, and how we do it. So I think it's, it gives folks a, a good overall uh, gist of and provides them some value of, of why as a high income earner who's occupied with their day job that, you know, and goes behind some of the science and pulls the curtain back behind some of the stuff that we do. And, and so they can kind of figure out, you know, if this is, a, if this is the right play for them. 
I know that we're experiencing changes in the market. You got the Fed raising interest rates, people talking about interest rates going up consistently, even though we've had a little bit of a dip recently, again, which is good. Uh, so in other words, we haven't had really a downward market since about 2007, 2008. And I know being in that first one, there's a lot of people who think, oh, well, it's just not going to happen. It's not going to, you know, things aren't going to go down. What's your idea or thought on what the market has to hold in the next uh, couple of years? And how are you using that data or information for your investments? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, so no one knows what the Fed's going to do. And anyone who tells you that they do probably is not being honest with you. So everyone has their own theories. And so, you know, in this situation where everyone's got their own theories, I think you stick to the fundamentals. Okay. So the fundamentals are that real estate can be cyclical, right? So there, there are going to be peaks and peaks and valleys and troughs that you got to deal with. But what we're really trying to study is long-term demographic trends. And we know where people are moving. We know where the jobs are going to be in the next 30 years. And we know they're their uh, you know psychographic preferences. So we're trying to ride longer term demographic cycles, which are you know again long term by nature, un as opposed to economic cycles, which can which are much more short term. Um, so that's that's kind of on a macro level. On a micro level, at each asset, you really got to think about like how levered are you, what assumptions are you making, and are you prepared? Do you have a war chest ready for when the downturn hits? Are you keeping enough in reserve? Are you, um, what happens if uh, occupancy goes down? What happens if the bank calls your note? Uh, what happens if rent growth doesn't occur like it has for the last five or six years? So, you know, we're continuously refining our model to protect ourselves from that downside. And we want to ride the storm. There's going to be a storm, right? There's going to be a storm, just like the weather changes. The, the clouds will change on the real estate climate. Um, but we want to be protecting ourselves and insulated so that we can ride the storms so when the sun comes to shine again, you know, we'll still be there. Uh, and we've done that before in previous recessions. And we plan on doing that again with this upcoming one or, you know, you know, whatever, whatever the Fed throws at you, we're, we're, we're trying to be prepared. Yeah, we don't know, but it's, something's going to go down. Uh, hopefully it's not anything like we had in, in 2020. I know you've uh, you had a lot of doors right available to you. And then we go into this uh, COVID pandemic and we see things uh, instituted that we've never seen before. Rent forbearance uh, was one of them. Mortgage forbearance was another one. Uh, we've had uh, a, a moratoriums on evictions. I mean, all those different things are scary when you own multiple doors. I'm, I'm just curious, how'd you guys fare when it came to that part, uh, maybe rent control, even those types of things when you have multiple units like that? Yeah, great question. So a lot of that is kind of about doing your homework. So first of all, you got to be in the states and localities that are landlord friendly. So for example, we don't have any investments in California. I wonder why. <laughs> Nothing against California. I love visiting California. I just wouldn't want to invest in there. I mean, you can make a million dollars in California if you time everything right and you're on the right asset class, but we're all about, we're very risk averse folks. So we're, we're talking about mitigating risk. So we're in business friendly climates um, that have landlord friendly um, policies and legislation so, you know, fortunately, you know, we had a small blip in Q2 of 2020, but um, and the type of client that we serve is, a, you know, uh, folks around the median household income. And, um, and we're nice. We're not, you know, we're, we're investing in clean, safe, you know, good, solid middle class neighborhoods. 
And, um, you know, it didn't it didn't hurt that the Fed just injected trillions of dollars into the economy. But we saw a small blip in Q2 of 2020, 2020, and then it picked right back up. And and actually, you know, the funny thing is during the pandemic, people wanted garden style so, uh, complexes with social distancing built in. Right. So that's the kind of asset class that we um, have favored. So um, COVID, you know, um, knock on wood, it was a horrible time for a lot of folks, but in the, uh, multifamily business, our business has continued to thrive and actually did, uh, did, you know, well above our projections. Uh, yeah. We're I mean, very, on, we're very fortunate with immense amount of gratitude. Yeah. And on top of all that, uh, rents have been going up like crazy. So, you know, what we didn't expect, we thought it was going to really go downhill once COVID hit and we experienced almost the quite opposite, which is amazing for you. All right, Dr. K, uh, we're running low on our time here. So I want to make sure people uh, know how to get a hold of you. How can they reach out to you? Where they where they can find that information and any final thoughts? Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, you, you guys have done a great job of inspiring this community to get out there and do some cool things and have, you know, uh, you know, see, seek the impossible, right? And, 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 and grow and develop as, as human beings. So congratulations on all that. Um, we're a like-minded community uh, along the ways who are trying to develop more fulfillment and, and freedom in life uh, through passive income. So um, certainly uh, reach out to us at uh, Properties. Uh, forward slash webinar to learn a little bit more about us. And I'm on LinkedIn at uh, Vasu Karkalaputi, MD. Perfect. All right, ladies and gents, look, that's really what it comes down to. If you're starting to make enough money, you have something put away, you're ready to invest, and maybe you don't know what to do. There are always people just like Dr. K here, because I'm not about to try to pronounce his name again, <laughs> but uh, Dr. K here who are putting together syndicates, putting together investment portfolios. You literally get to find a mentor who's already done it successfully. And you heard him, he's risk averse. What does that mean? means he's not going to take any unnecessary risk. He won't even invest in California. And I'm I'm grateful that he won't because it is it is not the greatest state to be an investor in. But uh, if you guys are interested, make sure you guys check out aptaproperties.com slash webinar, aptaproperties.com slash webinar. You're going to see Doc go over a couple things where he's going to teach you exactly what he's doing, how he's doing it, why he's doing it, and you guys can get involved. Find a mentor. Don't go at it yourself. Avoid the mistakes that Doc has already made and most of us have already made in real estate by finding somebody who's already successful. So one more time, make sure you guys check it out at theproperties.com slash webinar, at theproperties.com slash webinar. And Doc, thank you very much for coming on the show. Uh, any any final thoughts you want to you say before we head out? No, it's been my pleasure. I love I love what you're doing and I love your the community that you're creating in terms of inspiring people to be their the highest and best version of themselves. So keep keep up the great work. That's it, ladies and gents. Positive vibes bring positivity into your life. So make sure you guys think I mean it, it takes action, but start off with the positive thought. Your actions will get better from there. We'll talk to you guys again, manana. Peace. And we're out. It's over. Go home. Is your business in need of marketing? Try starting a podcast. But not just any podcast, podcast like a pro. We can show you how to take your business from being invisible to becoming a brand people trust. Go to www.businessbros.biz to get started.